and welcome to the Way Out Westy podcast. My name is Mike Leather and this is our little corner of the internet that's all about travel, aircraft VWs, technical advice and doing it in your camper. Yep, I know you do too, so let's get rolling. Hello and welcome to the Way Out Westy podcast, episode number five. So thank you for tuning in. Um, just finished the Air Cooled Workshop UK tour. So all now done, um, covering Burnham and Buckinghamshire, Isle of Man. Um, we went to North Wales, South Peston in Somerset, uh, which was very wet, but we managed to uh, get most of that done. Had to cancel one day, unfortunately. Uh, and then two dates um, in Hampshire, kind of hosted by Just Campers, which was hugely successful. So already looking at plans for 2020, but for anybody that uh, did miss out, don't worry. Um, you can actually come to me in St Albans, Hertfordshire for a one-on-one session. I do those all year round. Um, or depending on the time of year and your uh, setup at home, I can actually come to you to do a one-to-one. So I generally... Uh, run these from May onwards due to the weather uh, through to September and need a decent driveway or garage to set up um, just in case it rains that sort of thing but yes you can come to me or I can come to you so head over to wayoutwesty.com and navigate to the air-cooled workshops. So today we have an awesome interview from Two guys called David and Nadia, also known as Saying Yes. These guys have been traveling for around five years, partly in their awesome uh, high-top VW bus called Red. And we have a good chat about van life, working whilst on the road, traveling, VW ownership and breakdowns, and everything that comes comes with that when you're doing it on a day-to-day basis. So real good insight into van life when you're living in the van every day and also trying to earn a living. A quick precursor to the episode, uh, there is a little bit of swearing, so if that's not something you want to hear, if you've got kids with you, do be advised, it's pretty minimal. Also, I do mention in the episode about MOTs and our buses. So both of our buses um, are now MOT exempt and That has a couple of bonuses for obviously if you're away and you're out of the UK, you don't have to then return to get an MOT to then go back um, to wherever you are in the world. Um, However, I do endorse people getting MOT still. Um, It's down to you to ensure that the vehicle is up to a good standard um, of maintenance and repair and safety. It is still something I advise people to do. So you can find the guys today on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash saying yes is or also on their blog which is saying yes dot is. This episode is sponsored by Infall Speed. Infall Speed is a family run business who create beautiful clothing that's all VW related. You can find them at infallspeed.com that's I-N-F-O-U-R speed.com these guys are all about family, camping, adventures, and of course, starting them young on VWs. You've got to check out their hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, canvas bags, caps, and loads more coming soon. It's currently my absolute favorite hoodie. You may well have seen me wear it on uh, my Instagram or on my webpage. If you haven't, you've got to check it out. 
so many awesome colors, so many awesome designs, lovingly handmade by genuine VW lovers, Roger, Ali and Amy. They own a 1972 crossover VW camper named Dottie and a 1972 VW Beetle named Frank. It's something a bit different in the VW world. So you guys go check them out. That's infullspeed.com. Cool. So yeah, let's just carry on talking, guys. <laughs> I, I refuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's now it's you've made it awkward. Oh. So. Are you recording? Yeah, yeah. I've been recording for the last five minutes. So whatever you said is oh, now okay. recorded. Yeah. Beauty of editing. Yeah, yeah. beauty of editing. Um, okay, I'll kick it off then. So we are with David and Nadia. Or are we? We we definitely oh, are. We yeah. definitely are. So. Just want to have a very relaxed conversation with you guys. Um, thank you so much for letting us come to see you and your awesome bus and your beetle, which I will have a little peek of when we go outside. You can score me out of 10. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. I've seen the photos. I've seen the photos. Um, so I think I'll kick it off with both of you. You can do it combined or individually. What's your VW story? How did you first get into VWs? Is it how, how did you end up? Owning that awesome bus out there. There's all on you, David. Yeah, <laughs> well, we were in Cape Town. I don't even know how it came it about. It's really random, and all of a sudden, we're we're the most spontaneous people ever. It's so because we used to travel from country to country every single month. It's pretty much a case of the first thing that pops into mind. You do, um, and the first thing that popped into my mind this particular day was Cape Town's cool, flying's cool but airports are a drag. Mm -hmm. So why don't we try road tripping instead? Because like, you tend to fly from like city to city because that's where the airports are. Yeah. And then depending on your financial or time constraints, it depends on how far from the airport you actually mm -hmm. end up being. Yeah. So we were just like, well, you miss out on so much. Like, for example, flying from England to Cape Town, all those countries along the way you don't go to because that's not where you're flying to. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, well, if you're going to do a road trip, you don't want to do it in like any old car that's boring. You don't want to do it in any old van. <laughs> and you always see like these fully decked out sprinters that are basically a miniature house. And I'm just like, well, then you've got all the creature comforts. You'll probably end up keeping the same habits you do at home, mm. which is way too much Netflix. So, <laughs> so I basically was like, fuck it, let's get something that's vintage. It will break down all the time, which means I will achieve one of my goals I've always had as a kid, which is being able to do engineering, but they didn't have it in my school and I never did it growing up. So mm -hmm. in the end, I basically emailed a bunch of VW people saying, I want to write VW bus because then for photography reasons, it would contrast nicely with both the sky and the grass mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the desert, you know, design aside there. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted a high top so I could stand up in it and I wanted a VW because... Pff, well, yeah, yeah. What else are you going to get? Preaching to the choir, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I emailed this one dude online. His name's Nick. Um, he did, he, he, this was his bus, his daily driver bus. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, I've got something that fits your criteria, but it's mine. And mm -hmm. I was just like, well, I want it. And he was just like, okay, you can have it because you are going to use it for what its purpose is, which mm -hmm. is 
going on adventures and driving against sort of VW adventure wagon. So yeah. we put the adventure back in it and yeah, we picked up in Wales and left and lived in it a year. Sweet. Yeah, I think Sweet. it was a week between you saying, oh, how about getting a VW and us buying one? Awesome. So awesome. And then how long was it from buying one to then jumping in it and driving off into the sunset? Was it a month? Just over a month? Yeah, it was just over a month. We basically had to give him enough time to build the interior. Yeah. And we had to give us enough time to like book flights, mm -hmm. work out mm -hmm. the logistics, and order a crap ton of stuff off Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Nadia, was that kind of how you got into it? Was it purely because of David? So I think I got David into the idea of living tiny. Because uh, I'd always wanted a tiny house. Yep. Um, I think I was 15 when I decided. You know, have you seen like the little tiny wooden homes? tiny yeah. houses on trailers? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I was 15 when I decided I wanted one. And so that was always my idea. And I think we've been together a couple of years. Um, and I mentioned it to you because it was like a weird thing to mention to someone in the beginning <laughs> and you were up for it. And so then we were kind of trying to figure out how to get one of those initially. Mm -hmm. um, Much easier in the States, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Way easier. And yeah. also because they can be so much heavier because you have much bigger tracks with mm -hmm, towing mm -hmm. them. Um, and we found a company in France that builds them. They had a year's waiting list just to start wow. building them. Yeah, and so we're like, oh, no, let's just go traveling. Mm -hmm. And so we've been traveling for a few years by the time we got to Cape Town. And that's when David thought, what about a V-Dub? Oh, so was it the initial thing where you guys traveling, you wanted to kind of do it, Tiny Hat? Was that the initial yeah, idea? Exactly. That oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of logistics that talked us out of it. So yeah. like the weight issue being Europe. Mm-hmm. If you actually look into what cars can actually tow the maximum weight in Europe, Legally. it's like three yeah. yeah and they all ugly yeah, yeah. And probably very expensive <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah very much so and then it was just the fact it's a trailer so yeah i'd had um a towing accident with one of my horses oh my goodness where the um basically the whole tow bar disconnected underneath oh. the trailer on a hill in scotland so it's quite hilly so the horse is rolling down the road in oh the trailer my goodness and so i was kind of the horse was fine Oh, good. Um, good. He, was, he was injured, but he was fine. Um, he lived and he's still, he, he lives in Wales actually, randomly. Um, but that really put me off. It's just that like, like heart stopping moment. So now mm -hmm. when I see trailers, even when we're driving along, I'm kind of like, oh, don't go anywhere near it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I wanted tiny, a tiny house, but I didn't, didn't want, want it to be a trailer. Yeah. And I hadn't even thought about V-dubs until you mentioned it. I think which is why it was so quick mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. me to go, yeah, let's do it. Actually, that's what I've been <laughs> yeah. searching for. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, yeah. Cool. Glad we did. Mm, yeah. What's your background in what you guys do? So, starting with... That's going to be so long. <laughs> as much or as little detail as you want. Um, so, I grew up in the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. um, I... I worked in fashion, so I was fourth generation of my family to work oh, in fashion. Oh, well, and where, where was this? Um, in, <laughs> in the world. I in the world? Yeah, <laughs> okay. There's offices all around the world. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did that for quite a few years. I don't tend to fit in the fashion industry mm -hmm. because I just, I don't really care about like materialistic possessions. Okay. Um, so I switched from that to the tech industry, worked in that for quite a few years. Um, I I've always written for magazines. I started when I was 10 mm -hmm. um, for horse magazines. So then after the tech industry, I transitioned to writing full time. Wow. And that's pretty much what I do now. 
So three different industries. Soon to be four, but I've not started that yet. So <laughs> I've got one. Okay. <laughs> I've always been a designer. Okay. And yeah. how, how did you, is it always something that was in you from being young or? Yeah. Yeah. I started having paid clients when I was 13. Wowzers. Um, yeah. <laughs> I actually made my first million when I was 19, which was cool. <laughs> that was uh, owning a user experience design agency mm -hmm. in Eastbourne. Wowzers. Which still goes on today. Um, and apart from this past year where I was doing the blog full time, mm -hmm. I've been a designer since, yeah, since I was That's 13. Marvelous. So what, what, when you say designer, what does that exactly sort of entail for? Well, I, I started as a graphic designer. Okay. Doing a lot of print based stuff. Yeah. Hardcore into typography. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as the industry got more digital, so did I. So, yeah. uh, it's gone from like print and graphic design to web uh, and user interface mm -hmm. and then now I do primarily user experience work. Okay, so you can pretty much work from anywhere? Yes, Wi-Fi, laptop. Sorted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then also you get to, to travel to see clients and stuff and this to kind of... Yeah, normally I don't actually go to my clients' offices. Um, I do if I end up randomly choosing to go to somewhere where they actually are based. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, no, I've spent, I've worked remotely and distributed, so mm -hmm. in completely radically different places on the planet to my clients for seven years. Wowzers. And yeah, can't complain really. No, no. So with van life and what you guys have done and the traveling, yeah, I'm, I'm doing lots of hand gestures here. I think it's uh, the last person that we podcast was waving at me a lot, a uh, lady called Joe. And it's like, it just kind of continued from there. But obviously people at home can't see this, so I'm doing lots of hand gestures and uh, Nadia's doing it back to me. Um, <laughs> how does the van life work with your work life? It was a challenge, mm -hmm. that's for sure. So um, for those that don't know, the tech industry, especially in Silicon Valley, which are where my clients were based, is ruthless. <laughs> All work has to be done yesterday and to the highest of qualities. And depending on where I'm traveling, I'm either in the completely wrong time zone or really, really, really in the wrong time zone. <laughs> um, so it was quite a logistical challenge. The clients never minded because I always did the best work as quickly as possible, <laughs> but it's, of detriment to you know the social aspect of life or all the chores yeah, you have yeah. to do and anyone who does van life is very much aware that just doing your laundry is difficult especially if you're traveling through europe mm -hmm. and you don't speak the language yeah and as a great example is it sweden yes, sweden does not have any laundromats because it is a legal requirement for buildings to have laundry facilities so, so, so when you're in a bus, to, you have yeah. to go to a campground. That's the only chance you are you have. Or sneak in somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So it's like it's it's one of those things like where all your chores suddenly take three times as long, which is uh -huh. fine. Yeah. But when you combine it on top of a tech industry job where it's hardcore anyway, even if you were at home. Hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. So with van life, it was more challenging than just traveling independently and like flying and staying in Airbnbs. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously then you can go to bed whenever, you can do your laundry in like two seconds flat, you yeah, just throw yeah. it in the machine, press the on button, jump yeah, down. Yeah. So it, it was definitely more of a challenge for sure. Okay. So for anybody that 
sits there, looks on Instagram and goes, oh, well, all these fam life people out there that are working in their buses and stuff, it looks, looks so great. They've got an easy life. What would you say to them? <laughs> Maybe, yeah, without, without swearing a lot. Well, no, you swear as much as you want. It's my podcast, damn it. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say, like, the combination of having a vintage VW bus that does break down, but you don't know when it will necessarily break down, combined with, I think American van life is very different, but in mm -hmm. European van life, combined with your chores, and then a high pressure, super serious job. Mm -hmm. is very difficult mm -hmm. but we did have a shitload of fun as well yeah yeah like, yeah because we would be parked like on the beach yeah and if the sun was out then our solar panels would be charging our computers and our wi-fi and it'd be no problem yeah on the rainy days a bit more of a challenge to yeah, find yeah. and also break down then you're like oh i've got deadlines i can't yeah. be dealing with this right now i need to get some stuff in and yeah, yeah. That, that was stress on stress um which I'm sure, as you know, fixing up buses doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily result in good quality engineering at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, you just need to get somewhere by any means possible, right? Yeah, it's a lot like, of zip ties. Yeah, zip ties and um, duct tape, yeah, sorted. Um, so how did how did the blog come come about? The, the you know, saying yes, um, the name, you know, the Instagram account, how did that all kind of come about? I mean, obviously you're hitting the um, unbeaten track, you're going out there, you're traveling, so, you know, it all looks awesome from, from where I was standing, but what, when did you start to put a blog together and start to put material out there? Do you want this one? Yeah, sure. Oh, um, cool. It actually took a lot of years for us to start doing it. We've been mm -hmm. traveling for three years before we started the blog. Well, um, maybe I'd been doing four, but... Okay. Uh, and so a lot of people would find out that I was a writer and okay. we traveled full time. They'd like, oh, you're a travel writer. I was like, no, I write about horses and dogs. <laughs> and they're like, like okay, huh? that, that doesn't make sense. Um, but yes, yeah, great job writing about puppies and ponies. Who wouldn't want yeah, to do yeah. that? Yeah. Um, and so I'd, I'd never really written about travel. I kept that as a hobby. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to keep it as something I enjoyed doing rather than work. Okay, yeah. Um, but basically, it was just friends and family harassing us more and more. Yeah, like, verbal oh, abuse. You know, like, we want to we see know what, what you're doing. Yeah, we want yeah. to read these updates. Um, and I think it was because we got sick of telling everyone what we'd done. And if you wrote a blog post about it, you can say, they can just there go you go, and that's see. what we did. Oh, yeah. okay. um, and the whole saying yes thing, I'll let David take that because that's his motto for life. Pretty much, yeah. Um, the saying yes thing started way before Instagram, way before the blog. That was just me, basically. Yeah, that's what I lived by because I was just... I grew up very much not doing anything because I was always afraid of either failing or being picked on because mm -hmm. I was bullied a lot at school. Um, and then like, I remember first realizing like, wow, I, I just need this laptop and some Wi-Fi. Why am I paying for an office? Mm -hmm. Why am I paying for an apartment when I could do this literally anywhere? And I was just, when I started traveling, I was just like, huh, like I've never lived next to a mountain. So Maybe I should try snowboarding. And then I was just like, oh, that's really cool. I like this. <laughs> and then I, we would go to like someone with surfing. I'd be like, well, got to try that. And then just kind of snowballed into this thing where I would just try and say yes to as many experiences and opportunities as possible. And mm -hmm. my friends would very much take advantage of that because they noticed the kind of trend that was developing. So like one of my friends, I was in LA and I had an Airbnb for months in LA. And they're like, I'm off to Iceland next week. You coming? And I was just like, 
well, yeah, all right. I've yeah. got any excuse. <laughs> not going to say no. Yeah. Other than I already rented an Airbnb here. So I went to Iceland for a week, came back to LA. And yeah, yeah. the room was just empty for that time, um, which I'm sure my Airbnb host probably appreciated. Money for nothing, <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it just when I then started up the Instagram, it was more a case of, well, this is something that I'm, I'm very good at just saying yes to stuff now. It was something that I was very bad at and I had to kind of educate mm -hmm. myself into doing. Um, and I was just like, I know so many people that in my past life, like that I've met traveling who, who need the inspiration and that kind of message of like, do stuff. Like, yeah. you get, you get used to routines, you get habits. Absolutely. Bad and good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just kind of wanted to help people get the good ones and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to live more because yeah. there's more to life than a nine to five job. And basically repeating that five days a week and then yeah. having two days to chill. Yeah, yeah. One thing we found was that we would go off on a trip and we would go back to wherever and see friends and they'd say, oh, what have you been up to? And we'd tell them, like, what have you guys been up to? And I'm like, nothing, nothing much. Yeah, yeah. And it, I think it made us want to do even more because mm -hmm, we didn't mm -hmm. want to ever have a period where we're like, we haven't actually done anything with our lives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And... And yeah, it's actually, it's really good that we have the blog and the Instagram now, because if I'm scared of doing something, like what did we do recently? I went to like some water park and I'm not a good swimmer. Mm -hmm. And, and so I kind of didn't want to do it because I was scared of it. And I said to myself, I was like, no, you've got to say yes. Yeah, yeah. And it, it works. Like if you, if you remind yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, it, I think it's one of these things where. It is inside us. Um, we kind of, knew, I think when we met, we kind of knew it because we were kind of, oh, I don't want to go traveling by mm -hmm. myself. I want to, but then we were kind of both like, no, we, we should quit our jobs and just, just go. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we learned so much from that, from saving up, and we could just about manage to kind of be out in the world for three months and then come back and then save up and then go again. And mm -hmm. I think what a lot of people get hung up on is like, oh, it's expensive and I can't do this and I can't do that. And I've got these bills to pass. Like, at the end of the day, I understand that some people, it's more of a difficult choice or, you know, it comes down to budget and family and all these kind of things. But at the end of the day, it can happen for you. You can do it. You don't have to pay a mortgage on a, on a place. You can rent. You can live without certain things in your life and on finance and stuff. And not everybody's the same. Some people are more than happy to have that lifestyle. That's totally cool. If that's what they yeah. want in life, awesome. Um, totally up for that but I think some friends that we met a number of years ago really installed that in, in me there's um, a couple called Alex and Lisa um, they basically they eventually had a, a company called or a blog called Two People One Life and what they did was they worked really hard they saved a bit of money um, they got a little house and a little business which they were planning to sell or they were going to emigrate to Australia <laughs> Never been, just thought it was a good thing to do. They wanted to get out of the, you know, the rat run, the rat race. And I thought, mm, before we go, maybe we should do a bit of traveling um, on the way and then we'll end up in Australia, great. And then I thought, well, we're not gonna, if we're going to Australia, we're on the other side of the world from people. Like family, it's hard um, to kind of be that far away and in different time zones and it's like complete opposite. Maybe we should get married before we go. So we give that to everybody. And so they did. Mm -hmm. But before they did, they had a little bit too much wine the night before getting married. And they said, well, why don't we, in all the countries that we're planning to go to, why don't we get married in all of those countries? Okay. <laughs> not, not officially, 
but just to see what the cultures are like, the differences and what people can bring to it and all this kind of stuff. So they thought, no, nah, we'll, we'll give it a go, see if we do a couple. 70 countries later, um, really? 70 marriage ceremonies. They, well, they, they're real married. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they were all married. In some places they're officially married. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of places they're not, but they kind of are. And they basically flew to Canada, bought an RV for like $3,000, whatever it was, an old Dodge. Um, and then went to the first place, basically begged people and said, look, can you marry us in the like, local ceremony and stuff? <laughs> and they did. And then the guy that had photographed their wedding as a friend in England said, where's the photos? Like, where's the video? Where's, where's all your like, wedding dresses? Like, well, I was like, we can't afford that. It's like, ask, just, just ask. Like, yeah. if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. So they started asking that. And each place they went to, whether it was a different state or whether it was a first sort of First Nations place, um, sort of American Indian, all that kind of stuff, um, all these different types of cultures, they asked, and people were like, "Yeah, that sounds awesome." And then because like how we kind of got to know them, they were doing a wedding um, in Morocco, one which is more European, and one was like a, a Berber wedding, traditional. Okay. And we're like, "Oh my God, what an opportunity to go and photograph something like that." Um, we want to do it for free. Mm. Um, what an opportunity. We never get to do something like that as photographers. And everybody literally jumped aboard for them, provided, and they've done like, so many now. And they literally were like, one week they're in, va in their van, they're eating pasta, and they're going, oh, okay, yeah, I'm quite enjoying my life. The next minute they're on an airplane to Tahiti, all expenses paid, wedding on the airplane, then wedding in Tahiti. And it's just <laughs> like, and they always said it's because we asked. Yeah. It's not because we're rich. It's not because of this. It's not because of that. It's because we asked a question. Yeah. So they always said yes. They always just asked. And it's just like now they're like almost kind of like got it out of their system. They've traveled all these places. It ended up with their van breaking down um, on the borders of, what was it? I'm trying to think where they were. Um, Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Okay. The rear axle on their bus went. Oh. They were with armed guards because um, of obviously where it is in the world. Um, and that kind of stifled the rest of their plans. The bus is still there you know, in Afghanistan and they're thinking of doing the crowdfunding. Pakistan, Pakistan. Before, yeah. So it's still there. So they're thinking of maybe getting it back and trying to do like a crowdfunding thing. Um, they carried on for a little bit in a different bus and it wasn't quite the same. And I think they went as far as Thailand, okay. which is massively, crazily difficult getting visas, passports for vehicles and stuff like that. So they kind of got to the point where they're like, we're not appreciating this anymore. This is, mm -hmm. we need to put some roots down for at least a little while. And they now live in Maine. So if you guys end up that way, you have to meet them. They're amazing people. But it. it just taught us that if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, and there's so share. many times exactly. where we have, and I've got, I'm the typical English person where I would rather not ask and not get my money back or something like that. I'm like kind of inwardly embarrassed about that. But if I, the, all the times that I do, I'm so pleased that I am. Mm -hmm. And the people that it leads to, or the places that it leads to, it's, yeah, so I'm totally, totally with you guys on that. This episode is sponsored by mctrigcampers.com. They run a gorgeous 1960 VW split screen called Clyde as wedding transport. It is painted in my favorite VW color of all time, Turkish green. So not only does he look sweet, but he provides the perfect comfy environment where you can listen to tunes through the Marshall sound system or sip on chilled champagne on the way to your destination. He'd also be perfect for retro style events where he often steals the show. 
And something a bit different that blew me away is their Shisha Lounge. You arrive at your venue, obviously in style with Clyde, and then they pop up a retro style canvas bell tent attached to the side of Clyde and create a Woodstock inspired Shisha Lounge. Don't worry, they only use nicotine free electronic Shisha heads but retain the traditional look and feel with the Maya Shisha pipes known for their big clouds. Ah, I'm chilling there already. They are a family-run business headed up by the awesome Gemma Trigg, who is a fellow VW nutter like you and I. She also knows her way around an engine and keeps Clyde in tip-top condition. To follow their adventures and their events that they attend, head over to mctriggcampers.com. That's M-C-T-R-I-G-G-Campers.com. Or head over to Instagram at instagram.com forward slash mctriggcampers. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mctriggcampers. Pinterest for all that inspiration and uh, what to do at your wedding or event, pinterest.co.uk forward slash mctriggcampers and also twitter.com, you guessed it, forward slash mctriggcampers. Be prepared both to fall in love with the gorgeousness that is Clyde the split screen. They're based in Farnborough in Hampshire and cover a wide surrounding area including Surrey, Berkshire, Oxfordshire, Hertfordshire, West Sussex and Greater London. If you're planning a wedding or event and want to arrive in style, you need to check them out now mctriggcampers.com Obviously photography is something for both of you um, obviously more David than Nadia perhaps I'm horrendous <laughs> Well, I say that, but all you have to do no, is I'm look on, on the Instagram and your blog. And, uh... Get a camera right now and get me to take a picture and you want okay. to both okay. agree. Yep. It's, it's, okay. it's happening then. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, now I should try and take a really good one and just like play it cool. Yeah. Like, uh, Make sure it's on manual for her. Oh, definitely going to be on manual, yeah. <laughs> so where are we? Okay. You're going to do settings. So, uh, oh, handing over a camera. So, yeah. Can I not ask you questions? No, no just like. There's so many buttons and Don't, dials. There's one button that you need. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that one. Okay. So, look at the okay. end, look through okay. the viewfinder. <laughs> awesome. Let's have a look. See? You have to agree. No, I don't agree at all. That's an awesome photo. Stop lying. No, no, no. Like, you, you did settings for her for the other side of the room, obviously. Right. So if I do it this way around, like the light is hitting them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we are, to be fair to you, we're backlit, yeah. so it, we're going to come up a bit works. darker. But <laughs> to be honest, it looks. I think it looks pretty good. David that's a pretty. Good. That's a pretty good. David will tell me You want dinner making? <laughs> that is. So this this photo will be on our blog um, oh, along no. with the podcast for sure. Um, give it to Andrew. Um, I'll tell you what, I can't take pictures of. Horses in motion. Oh. That's... Now you know. That's a pretty good thing. Well, you've got to do what you're passionate about, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and I think that's... For me, with uh, photography, that's goes hand in hand, because if, if I'm not that bothered about it, and I used to do... We were talking about earlier, I used to do sort of product photography and stuff, which just became very boring, unless mm -hmm. it was, I don't know, products that I was really into, which is... I never got to do VW parts. Um, I never got to do... Transformers figures, I guess. Um, so I, I, I probably wasn't. Yeah, it was just a little bit boring. Yeah. But people is 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 more my thing. Yeah. Um, whether it be kind of weddings or out and about or 
two guys sitting on a podcast. It's just, yeah, it's just, there's more depth than I think. So how did you get into photography? I did it as an A-level. Okay. I mainly thought it'd be easy. It was not. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, it's just a hobby I kept up, basically. Um, travel, obviously, yep. makes photography mm-hmm, much mm-hmm. more interesting. Oh, yeah. You see so many different cultures and different things that you do not see in England. Yeah. You know, that's just the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. But no, it's, it's, I, I've always loved the film photography. Yeah. For the first couple of years I traveled, it was only film. Oh, wow. Have you got, is, is, is any of that work online anywhere or is it mainly sort of no, personal? No, there might be a few pictures somewhere on my computer at some point. But oh, yeah, yeah, you have to yeah, dig, dig back there and see if you can, can get stuff. I'd love yeah, to see some of those. those. The majority of it was in Norway. Okay. So, because, you know, that's just stunning. Mm-hmm. Doing road trips in Norway in, in winter with a film camera was just ridiculous. Yeah. Because it's the first time I'd ever seen mountains like it, the fjords, it was mm-hmm. crazy. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, I think it was just a, it was an accidental hobby I came across, really. Mm. And then, yeah, today I'm all about the iPhone photography um, and trying to capture the best stuff possible with the least amount of technology possible. Because mm. before, I carried everything with me and it was yeah. a headache. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so I find it really interesting that you kind of, you've gone, you've, you've done the film much like I have. I still do dabble with film as well. And I, I see the benefits of it. I see the quality of it and the realness of it. I like the whole process. Um, but to go from that to now, obviously just using your iPhone, how, how do you feel that uh, you're missing out at all? Or do you, is it mainly now that you kind of think, oh, man, I just like to be present in the moment, take a picture on my iPhone. I know that I can, you know, make that as good as I want it. Do you not kind of miss the, the having the other equipment film or sort of digital wise I do sometimes but mainly I think it's a case of it's it goes away from like taking pictures for the sake of taking pictures mm-hmm. because I have all this photography equipment and it would be a shame not to to oh I'm doing something cool I'm going to quickly take a picture of this and capture the moment on my phone and I know that's good enough instantly gets backed up to the cloud I don't have to do anything yeah um, and just, I guess the technology has come so so far mm, that mm. I know even friends who are photographers yeah. have no idea that I use an iPhone. And mm. when I do tell them, they are completely shocked. And uh, to be honest, I was quite surprised earlier. I mean, it's like, I think we're going to have to sit down and look at maybe <laughs> your blog and Instagram. Like, was that an iPhone or was it this? Because it's just like, I, I love your photography um, on, on, on your Instagram, especially. Um, and it's going to, especially with, your red bus in certain yeah. places, it just works. It's hard to not get it to look awesome. Yeah. Um, I think the phone thing as well is me trying, because I think Instagram especially can, it can suck you in, yeah. and then you feel like you have to like stage these pictures yeah. and yeah, yeah. go to specific places just to get a picture. Mm-hmm. And the phone is me very proactively trying to get away from that entirely. So I think, I think, uh, it's it's definitely coming where people are now they can smell the bullshit they know that this isn't real life and i really hope that more people do go that way um for so many reasons from anything from you know young women and body shaming through to i've got an amazing life because i'm only posting the small percentage which is awesome in my life and not the real um and it's quite funny we had the friend a while ago she started an instagram account that was specifically for Okay, here's my 
lovely account with all my beautiful work that I can produce because I am talented, but here's my real life and me having to clear up after my kids or doing this mm -hmm. and that. And I just think that's so important. I think it's hopefully will go that way. Um, and I think people will appreciate more of the moment where you are, the people you're with, rather than, okay, you know, having yeah. to couture all these edited photos and all these things. Yeah, and I find it like really interesting as well, because like, I, I agree, like, and I think we should as well show more of real, real mm -hmm. life. Authentic life. Because like, we get a lot of comments going like, oh, you guys have been inactive for months. And the, it, my, even though like, I'm sure like, having my job revolve around just taking pictures and traveling would be freaking dope. Mm, like mm. if anyone wants to pay me to do that for sure. <laughs> but at the same time, like that, that isn't my entire life. And therefore I don't feel the pressure to continuously post every day. No, I, I, I think we early on when we started our photography businesses and also way out Westy, I was kind of thought, oh, I need to be posting regularly. I was having immense guilt about not posting. Yeah. Um, and now it's a case of like, if I feel like it, and something happens to be in front of me, or I've had a thought where I, oh, I could do that, then I will. Otherwise, I, I won't. I think people put way too much pressure on themselves. And yes, obviously there's something to be said if you are, is it is a business tool and you've got lots of followers, then of course it can go hand in hand. Yeah. No, there's no question of that. But I think people put way too much pressure on themselves. I think yeah, for that, a person e Even when we do do pay gigs, like we just did one with Staffordshire, mm -hmm. uh, enjoy Staffordshire, right? Mm -hmm. And that was an amazing trip and we were paid for it and we did produce content for it both in blog form and Instagram pictures and a highlight um, and loads of story content. Um, but even then, that doesn't make me feel like I have to post every day and I have to mm -hmm. continuously I don't know, stage pictures. So I've, I've got a really freaking cool red Vita bus. Mm -hmm. I could go all around the Cotswolds like crazy, take a million pictures and have yeah. like a year's worth of light yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, that's yeah, not real life. That's not what we're doing. Like if I'm on a trip and I think something's cool, I take a picture yeah. of it and those are the posts people yeah, see. Yeah, and if you did that, would it give you that much more fulfillment? You know, just like, just because you're kind of going about, I mean, okay, it would be awesome to be in a bus and it would be awesome to go to like places, but for doing it for the sake of doing it rather than... Yeah, no fulfillment whatsoever, yeah. which is why I don't do it. Yeah, so. and it, I think it's, like from what we've kind of, how we feel, it's like it's like you showed me the picture of the cactus in your leg earlier. Yeah. Thank God you got that photo because it's real life. Yeah. It happened. Um, and there's, we were so guilty of it, especially in our trip around the States when we did break down, we did have a problem or we did have a crap day or something happened where you needed to get out of a situation. It's just like so often those moments we don't photograph and yeah. it's only the ones that are like, perfect moments when you're in a good mood and you're not hangry and you're kind of like where, <laughs> where you could you could have got some really like yeah. uh, you know something that people can relate to far much more oh, rather than just a pretty photo you know yeah. so it's it's like uh, every time we break down like especially now with the engine that's in the bus i personally like built mm. and like so much like I, I did the suspension i did the brakes recently like so much of that is now my work that when mm -hmm. we break down i'm just like oh crap i'm going to blame other myself yeah. do i really want to broadcast <laughs> on my story that i broke down because that's me failing and like we broke down noise staffordshire but we did post it and mm. nadia posted a picture of me um looking very looking angry, very angry having, having a snack, snack yeah. to try and like you know at least I won't be hangry if I have this yeah, but yeah. we still broke down but it's I think it's far more relatable and I think people people tend to gravitate more towards 
when people have those things that they've got to overcome and achieve or their failings or something like that rather than this painted picture uh, of perfection. I think um, one thing we found as well is, you know, we have friends who are influencers and they work mm-hmm. full time with their Instagram accounts and they do really well and they have massive followings. Yeah. And well done to them. You know, they do an incredible job. But if you, we spent the day with them, like going and shooting and it's just like one thing to the other, to the other, to the other. And it's, there's no time to enjoy anything yeah, you're yeah. not you're not you know going out and experiencing anything so at the end of the day all in my opinion i feel like they can say is i got some great pictures mm-hmm. rather than they don't have a story to tell yes and yeah. i think i'd rather have the story to yeah. tell of i didn't get a picture but i met these people yeah and yeah. we ended up going to this Absolutely. cafe and I, th- I think us as human beings with so much more um sort of either influenced or attracted to a, a, a good story, especially if it's one that overcomes something mm-hmm. um, or that you can relate to for whatever reason, um, rather than just getting there, taking a photo for the sake of taking the photo or yeah. making an extra buck and then, then coming home, yeah, yeah, for sure. So VWs, what do you currently have? What details of them? Years, all that kind of stuff. Because you've had uh, you've had a handful outside the front, <laughs> outside the back of your place. There's currently two. So tell me about those. Yeah. So we, in, I'll do them all, even the ones we don't have anymore. So the first one is a 1969 VW bus. It's an adventure wagon from uh, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten minutes down the road from Nadia's mom's house. Funnily enough. Wowzers. Um, we have a 1969 pearl white VW Beetle. Mm-hmm. I have to say their names, jeez. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's the most important part. Yeah. <laughs> the bus is called Red. Um, it has a sticker on the back of it that says Red Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we don't know the full story behind why that sticker's there. But uh, have you tried to look it up? or? I, I, I'm sure Nick probably has told me in the past, but like because I've spoken to so many of the previous owners and I have so many of the stories, it's really hard to remember. Uh, Which okay. story came yeah, from yeah. who? Like, I know she used to be called California Rose when Rothfink owned her. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm sure she's gone by many a name. But right mm-hmm. now she's called Red, even though she's not so red anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, we got a, a 69 Power White Beetle that I've just been restoring for Nadia. It's going to be our first car. It's mm-hmm. called Ostrich. Ostrich. Why is it called ostrich, David? Well, I'll let you explain no, that one. No, you should. Because it's like an ostrich egg. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and David was painting it because, you know, before you sand it down, it has that bumpy texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I the orange peel texture, yeah. To the garden, and he was like cream, and he, the fender looked just like an ostrich egg. And I was like, perfect, that's ostrich, his name. Ostrich, ostrich, yeah, that's a good name. That's a good name for a bug, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah so it's nearly finished. Um, that's my first ever restoration project uh, beyond just fixing bits on the bus when they go wrong. Yep. Um, Would you do it again? Definitely do it again if I had a workshop. Okay. I did it all on a driveway and in kind of a garden area. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was difficult. Um, and then we've had a 72 Beetle and a 74 Beetle, both of which came to us non-running. So I got them running, got them stopping, got them starting, doing all the good stuff mm-hmm. that a car should do and then sold them on yeah. to people <laughs> to enjoy, basically. Cool. And then, yeah, so we've just got two now. Okay. Well, so obviously with Ostrich, um, it's just a plan to kind of finish it and be your, um, what did you call it? Your your picnic buddy, basically. Your picnic picnic Picnic-mobile, yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Cool. Um, any plans to change anything with the bus? 
Um, obviously, I know you've got some trips coming. You're going to put it into storage and then head up to Norway. Yeah. Um, but any sort of plans? So the, the bus is basically on this continuous, slow journey to basically back to stock and then better again. Okay. So it was slammed, um, had air. Um, it had the original window seals, which leaked like crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's just... It's back to stock high. It's getting the original wheels put back on. It's um, it's been rewired recently. It's basically just trying to make it as original as possible and as reliable as possible. Mm -hmm. So it's it's got electric ignition and an electric fuel pump just to make my life easier. Mm -hmm. um, you might get fuel injection at some point okay. just because like jetting at different altitudes is a pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like that was probably one of the downfalls of the previous engine that blew up was just the fact that we were changing altitudes like every week mm -hmm. and and on such a magnitude that you could tell it was running retro lean and yeah, yeah. overheating so i think it just makes sense to make it as reliable as possible so we can enjoy it as much as possible mm -hmm. and we might give it a clear coat at some point so it doesn't Okay. Out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 one of these things. I think it look awesome as it is, but obviously to protect it going forwards. Um, yeah, yeah. Might, might take you a little while to get kind of the linseed oil off and stuff, but you know, yeah. <laughs> leave, leave it leave it out in the UK where it will happen probably quite quick. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously, I know on your 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 blog, you've kind of got quite a few uh, sort of van life tips, hints, to, and all that kind of stuff. So we'll, I'll, I'll get you to give us the address of that in a moment, but. Is there anything that you can massively say has sort of helped you um, in your travels living in the bus? Um, I mean, anything from, you know, the ways to kind of a, you know, a sleeping bag or through to, you know, a, a particular tool to take or, um, you know, what not to do? Is there anything both of you guys kind of feel that there is any sort of top couple of things that you would really sort of massively suggest to people. I know my top thing. Okay. It's definitely a hot water bottle. Oh, fantastic, yeah. But I can be found anywhere with a hot water bottle. Okay. So even before we had the bus, I would take a hot water bottle to go visit family in California. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think it, because it's a really small place, if you throw a couple of hot water bottles in bed, the whole thing heats up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because you're more... Yeah, yeah, it's really quick, so... I, I don't think I could do van life without the hot water bottle. Top two. I know that, yeah. that sounds No, to be, to be honest, we, I, it's, I don't know why we haven't got one, because it would be, it's, it's you know... Now I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've got a kettle, you've got a stove, why wouldn't you not have one? I mean, yeah. I know when we hired a camper in New Zealand, um, we got very cold very quickly, and it had a um, one of those electronic heaters, which would only work when you were hooked up. So okay. when we weren't hooked up, we're like, we're going to freeze. Um, so we ended up getting a 12-volt um, electric blanket, okay. which which was fine. But then they're a bit sweaty if you leave them on all the time. It's right. like, it's not particularly nice. So it's like something that you can kind of have there or more snuggle up to, like a yeah. hot water bottle. I, don't, I honestly don't know why we don't, we don't have one, to be perfectly honest. The realisation happening. In yeah, you can see it like <laughs> penny drop, yeah. need to get one. Definitely. Um, what about yourself, David? I was just thinking, and I was just like, man, like, we took so much with us, we used so little of it, <laughs> and we're very minimalist anyway, so is it, is, that's kind of crazy just to think about, like, that I could have just thrown half of it away and it would have been fine. Mm. Well, I think my favorite purchase ever is actually our blackout insulated curtains. Okay. Because those things that you stick on the window to, like, 
keep mm -hmm. the heat or reflect heat, whatever way around you're using them, they suck. Yeah, they fall off yeah. in the backside, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I, I, we only had them in in the bus like a couple of months because we ordered them and once we had them shipped to England, but we weren't ever in England. Mm -hmm. And then we finally fitted them, I think, in Sweden or Norway or somewhere. And oh my god, sleep was amazing because everything was blacked out and they did the insulation. Insulation, job. yeah, yeah. Worth every penny, mm. hands down. David tells a lot of people about these curtains. I know. So what? What exactly are they? Just are they kind of just are they standardish curtains that have got blackout, or are they thicker for insulation, or are they just they're thicker for insulation? They've got some silvery shit in the middle. Okay. Um, and yeah, they they got custom the, made, aren't they? By a yeah. lady who specialises in V-dub curtains. I think. Oh, do you know who it was? No, off the top of my head, because okay. I think we've had them done twice. Um, because we needed one extra set for some reason. I don't remember. But anyway, mm -hmm. they're amazing. Okay, I'll have to have a look at those because we, we inherited our Campbell with curtains, which were very 1970s curtains. Um, the, the, the pattern and stuff, it's kind of grown on me. Um, but they are a little bit short in places, so you're on an ever uh, so okay. slight incline and like the curtains like yeah, we used this to far have away that. from the window, and I'm just like, I might as well just open the window and be in here. It's like, it's yeah, it's, yeah. Now, when we put the new ones in, I thought, like, oh, these are a bit too long, but no, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have to check that because we've been on the fence about getting some of the the sort of the thermal panels, but mm. everybody I know got them just did a pain in the backside, especially when it's colder as well. The little pot, the little suckers yeah. kind of just don't work properly yeah. sometimes. Well, we and had the problem of when it got really hot in the bus, which obviously it does, you basically got a tin can with a yeah. crazy amount yeah, of windows. Yeah, yeah. So you then the suckers melt and like distort and stuff. Distort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rubbish. Yeah, yeah. So where is your favorite place or places? Because I know you've been like loads of places in the bus. Where's your car oh, in the bus? In the bus. <laughs> Man, Spain was pretty amazing. Spain was great. I really liked, um, you know, the Caminito del Rey. It used to be the most dangerous hike or something. Oh yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they redid it. Um, I loved that place, but not actually for the hike. Um, mm -hmm. There's a reservoir right beside it. Okay. And we could park the bus right, right on the reservoir, basically. Oh, awesome. And get the paddleboard out, and nice. it was like, the perfect sunny days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I would go back there in a heartbeat. Okay. So somewhere, somewhere like that. Over Norway? Oh, it's different, isn't it? It's yeah, different. How can you compare? Oh, that's the problem. Like, I was just trying to think. Because like, when we got to Norway, it was so damn hot and we still had the old engine in it, which mm -hmm. had a few issues, which basically meant it would overheat in like two seconds flat if it went above like 20C. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think Norway would be amazing in the bus if we had done more of it. Mm -hmm. But because I was just thinking, like, we found this, we went off dirt trails in the middle of nowhere, we didn't know where we were going, and we got to, like, this lake. Mm -hmm. and I know, the Yeah, and then we were right next to, like, Stave Church, and the lake had, um, like, those little fishies that, oh, like, yeah. were your toes and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So awesome. it, was like, it was, like, a spa, <laughs> crystal, crystal clear water lake, did some paddle boarding. The fishy sawed my feet out. Um, that's, that's the main reason I want to go there now. <laughs> the church was just absolutely stunning. Um, and yeah, did some hikes. Did you kind of know that was coming? I, 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 the place, have you seen or heard about the place before or been there before? You we just knew about of... the church. Okay. Yeah, like, but uh, I think we found the parking spot on Park for Night. 
Yeah. And okay. we were yeah. we were heading towards it and the path like the road we were driving along was getting narrower and narrower. And we were like, Oh, should we just turn back? And oh, we ended it's up worth it. Yeah, we ended up oh no, let's just keep going a bit further yeah. and mm-hmm. we got to the spot. So worth it. Definitely one of the best we've been to. Yeah, it was because a lot of campsites we stayed at because they're like free parking mm-hmm. and stuff, they're not the most like ideal for like setting up a full on campsite no they're good for kind of a night just yeah. to, for free you know yes. but on that one like we opened up the, the back we put the awning out we got mm. our chairs out nice I, I feel warm and sunny just thinking yeah. about yeah. it it was chilled it was completely not norwegian in any way shape or form because it was really really hot yeah. and it felt like we were just at a lake in some like warm country but That's it was magical they are nice yeah. but yeah that was pretty magical mm. did you guys go to portugal did I, did I, I think I've seen that. Portugal on the bus? Not on the bus. No, not on the bus. No, yeah. so you've been to Portugal. Yeah. No, we, were, we got how far through Spain did we get? We basically went all the way down to Estepona, so like halfway mm-hmm. near, nearest Gibraltar. And then for whatever reason, oh, it's because we needed an MOT. So we started driving up oh, the oh, centre right. of Spain. Yeah, yeah. And then we got halfway up the centre of Spain. And then the they changed the laws and it was MOT exempt. And we oh. were just like, all right. Okay, what do we do now? <laughs> oh, fantastic. But we'd already booked our ferry in Santander, so we continued to England nonetheless. Okay, yeah, because I know that was kind of, it's a big consideration for a lot of people that kind of, especially not in older buses like, like ours, that they kind of go, oh, we need to go back to England mm-hmm. each year to do the MOT. And I know when we left for the States, we were planning to hopefully be back within the year. Um, so I literally MOT'd it, I think day before we took it to the ship so I knew that I had the maximum yeah. amount of time but otherwise you kind of get it back into the UK and you're like you have to take it straight to an MIT place and if it doesn't pa- uh, pass and you're like uh, yeah. luckily that's slightly easier for us now yeah, um, yeah tax exempt MOT exempt and insurance is all down to our cheap. own failures yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we are now responsible for all of it um, so future travel plans tell everybody where you're moving to because I'm very jealous Am I going again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to Norway. Um, we're basically, so we spent the last year in England um, and we did a lot of work with tourist boards in England. Basically explored all of England for the first time in a million years since we left here as kids. Um, and we're now basically repeating the process back in Norway. So we're moving to Oslo. Mm-hmm. Um, back to Oslo. because we have previously lived there. Um, and we're going to have the base, but we're also going to be doing a crazy amount of trips, lots in America, lots in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just try and make the most of it because when we lived there previously, we spent a lot of time traveling elsewhere. Mm-hmm. As you do, like when you have yeah, a home yeah. somewhere, you yeah. forget to explore the majority Absolutely. of that country. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to be doing, I mean, we've done so many road trips in Norway, but we're going to be going like further and further north, mm-hmm. doing a lot of more of Sweden and Finland and Denmark. So nice. it's going to be pretty magical. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, cool. So ha- what's going on with the VWs getting there? They're going into storage so they can have a nice warm, cozy winter. Yeah. We like to compare it to old people going to Florida for the winter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to go have their little vacation. Yeah. yeah. Well, we learned our lesson in like when doing van life is we don't, like we know by the time we would eventually get them to Norway that it would be way too snowy in Norway. And we'd probably like have very, very, very cold breakdowns mm-hmm. along the way. So we figured we'd store them for winter and then come and get them in summer, basically. And yeah. then so you guys thinking of uh, oh. driving them? 
Yeah. Okay. Of course we are. Of course that's, what we are. that's what they're built for. Brilliant. Glad yeah. to hear it. So yeah, we might have to get involved with you somehow with that guy. <laughs> I mean, Nadia, you'll definitely pass your driving test by then, so you can drive the Beatles. Uh, (laughs) Um, If not, I'll be more than happy to drive it. That'll be awesome. And Andrea, you would have passed your driving test by then, so you can follow us in in our bus. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Plan. Yeah. Yeah. So how can uh, anybody that's listening find you guys online? Come to Oslo. We're there. Firstly, you go to Oslo, um, knock on the door. (laughs) Yeah. We haven't got the address yet, but we'll let you know when we do. Uh, it's saying yes is on Instagram, um, as you might have noticed by earlier in the conversation, partially active. Which <laughs> is, yeah, yeah, that's good. There's plenty of backstory to go on there and yeah, awesome yeah, images. Sure. So all the adventures are, are put on the story and you know posted when we do them. And uh, our blog, which is far more active, um, which is where we basically encourage you to say yes to life, is saying yes to is. Awesome. So yeah, I highly encourage anybody to come see that you guys just yeah, just yeah, blow so my mind. I. And I think we I think I first came across you when I think I saw some pictures of you in Iceland. Which is weird when we're both V dub people and you didn't see the V dub. You <laughs> saw Iceland. Well, was, was Iceland before you had a V dub though? No, oh well which one? Which trip to Iceland? Oh, okay, that's that's it. I think it must have been If it's the first time, then yeah, pre V dub. That's yeah, pre V dub, because I think it, was it similar time that we were there? I'm trying to, I don't know when it was that you were there. Me neither. No, okay. So maybe it was. That's probably, that's probably it. That's probably it. We were probably there at the same time getting in each other's photos. Um, but it's like, just when you go somewhere, I'm always like on Instagram and seeing what yeah. where people are and seeing where's maybe not so snowy that we can go to. And because we hired a camper there. And I think that's when I first came across you purely because you had been to Iceland. Then I randomly came across you again. I have to admit, I don't think I followed you when I first saw your Iceland photos. So hard. <laughs> uh, but then I saw Cotswolds, Bass, VWs, and I was like, I know these guys. Why didn't I follow them? That's really bad of me. You know. <laughs> so, then, so then I think you got like, the information you needed. Yeah, left. yeah, yeah. So I, um, yeah, I followed you guys, and then I've just kind of been like, yeah, this red bus keeps appearing in all these awesome places, and they go into places that we want to, like Norway. I've, who are they? <laughs> what are they yeah. about? And, and now I know. So uh, no, thank you so much for that, guys. Um, we will definitely be um, coming to see you in Norway for sure. Um, oh yeah, convoy. Com- convoy. Yeah. Convoy on the Con- way to Norway. Convoy around Norway. Yeah. And then you can convoy your ways on your own back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find someone else to go back with. <laughs> If you've enjoyed today's episode, please head over to wayoutwesty.com forward slash podcast. There you can find the show notes and some pictures and any details of things that we've mentioned throughout the episode. Loads more episodes in the work, guys. Some pretty cool interviews coming up and also a tech podcast on what to do to either store or prepare your bus for the winter. So all coming soon, guys. Thank you again. I'll speak to you soon.